Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, Shalom Bayer Shir, number 344. Uh, we're just going to discuss and give some shiurim on Rabbi Ben-Sin Shafer's book, 10 Really Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart People Make. When I give shiurim, some shiurim will not be on this book, uh, some shiurim will be on this book. Whenever it's going to be on this book, I will put in parentheses on the, um, you know, in the title, B. Uh, ZS, which is Ben C. and Schaefer, so you'll know that it's based on this book. And again, pretty much what I'm saying is, is since the beginning, since day one, I view myself as a malakit. And my achrayis, I believe here in giving the shiurim is not to be mechadish anything, not to come up with my own ideas, but rather to give over the best possible information I could possibly give and recommend the best possible books to read and the best instruction to incorporate and skills to develop to help every single person listening. Therefore, that is why I'm reviewing this book in depth and to recommending you go to the source. Now, there'll be nakudais in this book that I'm going to add ha'oris to, probably give some perspective to, and you know elaborate on some points, question some points, answer some points, all in the purpose of clarification and helping, but always remember, like I always say, whether I say something b'shem umray, whether I don't, I give credit to the, all, all the sources that are given to me, and that is clear with this particular book. And we're going to continue discussing what we discussed, and basically the thing to remember is, like we said in the beginning of the previous year is that even though the Torah does allow divorce, and we can never judge people that are divorced, and then there are many situations with since the Torah does allow it, when they ask a marriage counselor, after you know many months and years of hard work, and things aren't working well, or there's a situation that is toxic, and they say that it's the best for you to get out of the marriage than 100%, in those cases, divorce is absolutely necessary. But despite that fact, what's important for all people listening here is for the majority, majority of us, it is not the case. So I'm going to repeat this often, and you all have to really take this seriously, that after Benzie and Schaefer worked with hundreds and hundreds of couples and discussed with many Rabbonim and therapists and Chassan and Kala teachers, it is pretty clear that the vast majority of divorces in our community could have been avoided. Could have been avoided and saved tremendous agmas nefesh from the children and for themselves by just facing the reality of what Hashem wants from us in marriage and to put in the hard work. So number one, daven. Number two, put in the hard work. Number three, have a healthy, realistic expectation. And that can save many, many marriages from divorces that should not happen. Guide to Life, he has a piece here, talks about how Hashem gave us the Torah as a guidebook for life. Torah is really Lashon Haira, to teach. The Torah includes every single aspect of life and guides us in every single thing that we do. You know, I want to take this to the extreme. You know, when you're learning certain Gemaras and certain Sugyas, and it seems very morbid. You know, it talks about a uh, kezayas of a mace, an olive size of a dead person, being a and what happens if it disintegrates or it becomes putrid. And you're reading this stuff about 
death and 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 and, and all these things. And what I heard from Rav Shalom Rosner, who's giving Daf Yemi Shur, he says Rav Chaim Brisk, what he used to do is he had a certain pachad from death, right? Of Yom Amisa, obviously it's a healthy thing to think about it here and there to know Yitafkid, but you could have a tremendous fear. So what he used to do is learn the Torah on those sugyas, and that calmed him down. When you realize that Torah has in it aspects on all aspects of life, every single aspect, you look deeply. It's just amazing how to go to sleep at night. How to handle everything in between waking up in the morning and going to sleep at night. How to conduct our business at home, in shul, in business, all our dealings. It guides us in marriage too. Hashem created us. He knows the nature of a man and of a woman. He gave us a derech to reach it. And we have to work through it. We have to ask the right people. We have to know what the derech atayrah is. We know that we have to know how to apply, just like an aloha, to know about refrigerators and, and, and time clocks and all that that did not exist in previous generations and we look into the, the Torah and to the Gemara and Paiskim of thousands of years ago, the truth of those concepts that could apply even to our current technology the same applies to our current marriages and our current situations in marriages there was no internet 2000 years ago there was no other issues in society 2000 years ago but at the same time, the Nekudais and the Yesaidis that Chazal give in Torah and in marriage is there for us. We need that roadmap. And with that roadmap, with Hashem's help, we could create a beautiful marriage. It is not above us. He brings down there's three pillars for a successful marriage. The first pillar is commitment. What is commitment? It's recognizing that Hashem doesn't make mistakes. And if he put you in a marriage, he put you in that marriage, not for things to fall apart. He put you in that marriage that both of you can grow and should grow together and commit to making the marriage work. He wants you to work to make the marriage work. He wants you to build the bias Nehmen B'Yisrael. Building bias Nehmen B'Yisrael just not, does not just mean to simply procreate and have children. Building means you build a relationship, you build a home, every aspect of your life within the home, with your wife and with your husband. So commitment is number one. Commitment is connected to a loyalty. I am true to my spouse, to my husband and wife, and I stick with them through thick and thin. Number two, the second pillar, what he says is, is love, ahava, true love. That's a glue that holds marriage together daily. Without a firm bond of love and connection, marriage doesn't work. Emotional intimacy is connected to this love. It doesn't just happen on its own. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a hergish. I feel this way, like, like the chemistry in the early part of some marriages and so on. It requires deliberate focus. It, it, it requires attention. It needs specific behaviors and attitudes to work on. It's not just falling in love. That's not the point. The point is to stay in love through the marriage, through the tools HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us. Those tools that Hashem tells us if you use will bind the two of you. Specific behaviors and approaches that you use to build that love. Then that love is real and everlasting. And Ben Sian Shafer in the book will explain a lot of these tools. 
Some are pretty intuitive, some are not, and he's going to go through those tools. So pillar number two is love, but not in the romantic Hollywood sense of love, but a firm bond of love and connection that comes through specific behaviors and skills. Third pillar, he says this pillar gives many couples trouble, is to love each other because they love each other and commit to each other, but they don't know how to live together. Learning how to live together is the third pillar. And he says that's the most demanding aspect of the marriage, but it's also the greatest opportunity to growth. And that's the key to have a beautiful marriage when you learn how to live together. And Hashem wants us to be matzliach. Always remember this in life. Hashem wants us to be matzliach, and He gives us the roadmap and how to do it. He brings down the Gemara, the famous Gemara. Really, it's a medrash, a medrash of Bereshis, uh, about Rabbi Yosi ben Chalafta, that, that the, the Roman uh, um, woman said that she could be Meshadach Shaduchim, and she coupled together different Avadim, one to the other. And they, 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 it, was a, it, was a, it was a wreck. They came bruised and damaged with missing limbs and who knows what. And then he acknowledged actually to Rabbi Yaisi ben Chalafta that there's no true God other than your God. He knows how to be Mezavik Zavugim and, 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 and no one else does. And that's a real insight to know that everything is Siyata Deshmai and Hashem plans things and Hashem does things. And Hashem is the one that's Mezavik Zavugim. And the reason why you have to come onto Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you always have to come onto Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But over here, especially Hashem says that it's kosher even, is because that people are different, different abilities, different shortcomings, different imperfections, different likes and dislikes. Every human being has their own way of doing things. We see this in other areas of life as well, in businesses and other areas, and that is why it's difficult to know Hashem knows that despite the differences, He puts the two together because He is trusting and saying, I'm putting you together because you could make it work. You could be a team. You could work things through. You could value your own inherent worth at the same time and value the world of your husband and wife and incorporate and have the I plus the I equals the we interdependence and have a beautiful marriage by respecting your differences and at the same time being one with each other. He talks about what he calls a marriage is not a lot more than a nine-to-five job, right? When a man and woman get married, they're not business partners where they could say sayonara, you know, for the weekend and for the, for the nights or whatever. They share all of their life together, say the big things in life, say the little things in life, how they get up in the morning, go to sleep, their eating habits, what they do, where they live, how they keep house, on the car they drive how to bring up the children, where they go on vacations, what their friends are, how they spend their money, day in and day out for the rest of your life. In theory, it would never work. There are too many differences to live 24-7. Too many things that they would disagree on. That is why it's a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Yud and the Hey. And obviously, any Yehudim, non-Jews, have special Siat Deshmaya as well. When they want to have a healthy, normal marriage, Hashem gives them Siat Deshmaya. Is a universal concept. You try and you yearn for good values. Hashem helps you with that. But Yidin especially have the special Hashra Sashchena aspect beyond what non Jews have that has a deep factor that creates that even though on a Alpiteva Dika way it's impossible, marriage is impossible. You have to develop the people 
brought up in different homes, different minhagim, different ways of doing things, and 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 she values being close to the family. He wants to move far away, and he wants an open home where anyone could come in any time. She's a very private person; she doesn't want that. And now you're getting married, and everything you do, you have to do together. And if he's late, it reflects badly on her. If she overspends, he has to deal with a bounce check. All these things are different. They could be both opinionated, different individuals. So, Apiteva, it's very hard to understand how marriage can work. But that is what HaKadosh Baruch does. It's the greatest gift in the world that it works. Hashem says, Shalai Apiteva. It's going, not only going to work, it's going to thrive. And that's what I want from you. I want it to thrive. And that is what we really need to incorporate in our understanding. Another thing he talks about, which we talked about in the past as well, that men and women are very different, which we know about. And by the way, just before we get into that, it is true that there is a hiskalalus, there's an integration, meaning you have men that are extremely masculine, then you have other men that have a certain feminine quality to them in their emotional sensibility and so on, perfectly fine. That doesn't take away from their masculinity in any way. And many men have different variations of it. It is not a weakness. It is. A, it could be a strength. There are certain things that men, as men, need to develop, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants them to develop in their na- nature. But they are more masculine men and they're more feminine type men. And by women as well. There are some that are very feminine-like and some have more of a masculinity behind it, a certain more toughness and a certain um, thing that's more attributable to male that they have, also fine. But again, but what's going on in our culture is extremely destructive because the bottom line is even if they are feminine men, masculine women in many instances, even with those type of men and women, men and women are extremely different from one another and in their natures and in their outlook and in their values they approach life differently objects differently relationships differently they behave differently they relate to each other differently they communicate differently they enjoy different things different interests they're so vastly different Chazal say that it's like a separate nation like a different culture you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. But it's not too far from the truth that they're totally different worlds apart from one another. The problem happened in the 1960s with the feminist movement, in the Western culture in particular, to ignore these differences between men and women. And, for example, those so-called experts said that girls care more about their appearance than boys you know, in the early years, certainly up to the early teenage years, is because that's the way their mothers brought them up. Or that boys don't show emotions as much as uh, girls do because that's the way they were taught. It's not masculine. So this is what the experts, so-called experts say, that it was, that it was, it was a forced training why boys act masculine and, and, and girls act feminine is not because of an inherent being that they're different from one another, but because that's the way they were taught in the culture. That was propaganda, a falsehood, to create this concept that men and women are the same, boys and girls are exactly the same, and they should act the same. 
and it is wrong completely, as Benzin Schaefer accurately says, dead wrong. Nothing further from the truth. The girls inherently go to the dolls and the nurturing and expressing emotion more, and the men less so. They are different. Hashem created them differently. And again, I didn't, you know, this Ambafniyatsmei Rehenech Libowitz, his Rebbe used to quote that Gemara. They're different nations. Nashem Ambafniyatsmei. Men are one nation, women are a different nation. They're vastly different. And yet, in a marriage, they're told to be one, and they can be one. There is a book he brings here. I want to tell you all, this is a book that's extremely highly recommended. It's called Emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goldman. That G-O-L-E-M-A-N. Book over 20 years old. It's good to buy it or take it out of the library. It's good to read it and read it again and again and again. And then take out books and learn as much as you can about emotional intelligence. Everything, of course, is in the Tyra. But this is a beautiful way how they explained it. This is a beautiful book and it's a Yisaitistika book that explains the idea of emotional intelligence. How it's not just a matter of intellectual IQ, but to be emotionally intelligent and that enhances life. And emotional intelligence actually is a criteria in marriage and can make marriages beautiful and thrive. If both husband and wife work towards working towards their emotional intelligence, then their marriage will thrive. There's no question about it. So he goes through a study there, but we're not going to go into his study. The purpose of the Shiurim is not to read his book word for word, but to mention the general concepts in the Yisaitis. But he basically says scientists prove pretty much that even though when a child is from age zero through age five, boys and girls seem to like the same things pretty much and play nicely. But when they hit five or six, they separate. Boys run around, play rougher, tumble games. They, they trucks, action figures, guns, things like that. Girls tell secrets. They play house. Boys have no interest in that. And by the time they're seven years old, they have very, very little in common. And the concept of having a best friend that's from the opposite gender doesn't really apply in reality, even in the secular world, between boys and girls that are seven years old. And then it separates further when they get older. And they naturally are at separate tables. Boys will sit at a girl's table. Now in teenage years, when the hormones kick in, then that's a separate issue. They're being attracted to one another because of that sexual impulse of it. But when you pre-adolescence, when that hormone didn't kick in yet, they're like separate like night and day. And studies have shown that. Studies have shown that. Girls will play their jump rope or hopscotch. Boys will go on the other side. They'll play tag, touch football. And even if it's a mixed crowd, you'll, you'll, they'll separate into those two groups and play in different ways. That's just the way it is. They're like different species. And therefore, in marriage, it's a complication. You'd start out with a husband and wife, a man and woman, different homes, doing different things. And, you know, business partnerships don't last more than 10 years, generally, statistically speaking. And here you're telling them to join in life together. And again, you you think, Apiteva, you go to a little shidduch there, Bashoen, a couple of dates, you break a glass, Mazel Tov, and now they're living so close to one another, share every aspect of life to each other, and to live happily ever after, Apitevat shouldn't work. 
But why does it work? Because Hashem wants it to work. He wants marriage to succeed. It's mamish uh, nace. Everyday nace. Hashem creates these tools where Hashem wants you to thrive. And we're going to talk in future Shiurim what Hashem does in order to make marriage work. Bracha and